0: Knowing Jesus is the central issue in life, not merely knowing about him, not simply studying about him, not just analyzing, critiquing, or debating about him, but knowing him. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Knowing Christ personally as he is revealed in scriptures transforms our lives. Join us in our Jesus Up Close series as we learn from men and women who had face-to-face encounters with Jesus. We hope you enjoy
1: so, uh, good morning. Uh, I just, uh, I was telling first service, and it's warmed up a little bit, but I'm so glad we're not out there on that grass like we were for a year, because it is cold. I'm not one of these people that likes cold. Anyone? Yeah? I, uh, we, we started off our staff meeting this week. How many of you would rather, you know, be cold or hot? And so, there was a great divide in there, but... Um, Anyways, uh, I thought we were cold until I watched the football game last night, which I did not pay $29.99 for. Um, But uh, it was, what, minus 8? And it said with the wind chill, it felt like minus 27. Can you imagine that? Like, that's craziness. But anyways, um, so the other thing I want to tell you is this. And it's a shout out to my little buddy, Nathan. Nathan is about five years old. And Nathan came up to me last week in between services with the sprinkled donut in his hand. He says, hey, Pastor, I, I got a good idea. I said, yeah. He goes, how about we both wear flannels next week? So um, I'm so grateful. I uh, was able to remember to do my flannel, and we got to do knuckles this morning with another sprinkled donut. He got it. I didn't. But um, I hope that uh, God has been good uh, for you and to you this week. And I know in the midst of craziness and hard that he still is good. And uh, so we are starting. Well, first of all, I announced last week our theme, Jesus, period, for 2024. Amen? Jesus, period. With all the noise and all the craziness, we're just going to say, let's go. So this week, we're starting a brand new series called Jesus Up close. And uh, for uh, several weeks, we're going to be taking a look at Jesus up close. And so um, I want to ask you a big, serious question right out the gate. Are you ready? You got that stuff going in you? Do you like surprises? Oh. Oh, wow. First of all, you guys have your coffee because I didn't hear one word last service. But um, so, so just the assumption, you know, you type A people, well, what kind of surprises is no, it? Relax. It's just a simple question. Let's just go with the given. We're not talking about bad surprises, all right? You're sick if you like bad surprises. No, sorry, not sick, but you're just, yeah. I'm just assuming that we don't like bad surprises, but good surprises. And some people actually don't like to just be surprised. And one of those people uh, lived in my house for a long time. His name's Drew, my older son. And um, (laughs) Drew, Drew. so you know know when your kids are young and it's their birthday and you go into their kindergarten teacher and say, oh, little Johnny's birthday is, and I'm going to bring the chocolate cupcakes with the sprinkles, right? How many kids? Drew, no way. You don't do that. He doesn't want. He did not want to be seen. So we kind of caught that early. Well, my mom, God bless her. um, When he was about seven, she had this great idea that she was going to throw a surprise birthday party for Drew. And I said, "Mom, I don't think that's a good idea." And if you knew my mom, (laughs) she was going to do it. So was it? Is it called Skateland over in Northridge? It used to be Skateland. So she did. She got this. I think it was for first grade. You know, all the kids from the class, we, you know, they're all there, they're all ready. We walk through the door. Surprise! Drew was livid. And I was like, oh. and my poor mom, she, she wanted to do something special for her grandson, but he wasn't having it. Well, we learned. <laughs> Drew doesn't like surprises. Me, on the other hand, um, it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, I was going to go on one of my um, study breaks where I locked myself up in a hotel room with this many books and planned six months. And um, one of the families at our church, uh, they, it was coming towards the end of the year and whatever timeshare that they had and points, you know, they, they weren't going to be able to use them and they were going to be wasted. And they came to me and said, hey, we would love to gift you two nights at... Now, for some of you, don't judge me. All right. <laughs> For me, it was a happy thing. For you, it might be putting you know, bamboo shoots through your fingernails. But it was at the Grand Californian at Disneyland. Like the grand california yeah some of you've looked it up yeah it's ridiculous you got to feed the poor mouse some cheese you know and so that's one of the ways they do that but really nice hotel it opens up into california venture but what i love about it is downstairs um they have this big huge firestone fireplace and they've got like i don't know six chairs right in front of it and i was i lucked out one evening and got one of those chairs and i had my books and i'm studying in the background, they had a special night where they had one of those stand-up bass and the piano, and I'm like, this is, this is it, you know? But, but it was, what a nice surprise. What a, what a generous, thoughtful gift. Do you like surprises? Well, today, we're starting our series, Jesus Up Close, and we're going to see that Jesus may have surprised somebody. And may we be as bold as to say He may surprise you. Father in heaven, thank you. For those watching online, to those in this room, thank you. God, you are so gracious to us when we don't deserve it. And um, thank you for your words that I get to share, that I need to hear. And I pray that my friends would be encouraged also as we look at our story today. Bless us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, All God's people said. So let's bust out our Bibles. Uh, We're going to go right to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. And so if you don't have a Bible, we believe this is God's word. Amen. And um, you're visiting with us, please, on your way out, we have two bookshelves with Bibles on them. Grab one and consider that a gift from us to you. And um, so there's that. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching. Well, who are we talking about here? Who? John the Who? John the Baptist. Okay, in those days, and some of you have no idea who John the Baptist is. Some of you have studied and heard about him your whole life. Some of you have a few, little bit of information, but that's who we're going to talk a lot about is John the Baptist today and his encounter with Christ. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. The kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Verse 4. We're going to get a little description of this guy. Little weird. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. And he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. I don't know what you had for breakfast, but I bet it wasn't that. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing what? Confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So if you're taking notes, write this down. John the Baptist before Christ. John the Baptist before Christ. So here we're introduced to John the Baptist Uh, John is uh, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we know that because if you were with us during the holiday season, the Christmas season, we learned a lot about Mary and a lot about Joseph and a lot about the angels and a lot about the birth of Jesus. But this story is right there with it. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him what? John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink. He will be fulfilled with the or he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord for their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, the prophet, to turn, why? To turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for who? For the Lord. So right out the gate, the angel's saying, hey, uh, Elizabeth, Zachariah, this kid's gonna be special. And you're later on in age kind of like some of our Hollywood actors, later on in age, probably beyond the point of ever being able to have children, but God has chosen you guys. And your son is gonna be special. And they laid the groundwork for it. And so he's born, he grows up, and he is a student of the Old Testament because the New Testament hasn't happened yet. And particularly in my studies, he's a student of the book of Isaiah, and so one of those passages that you can find in Isaiah is found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. It says, a voice of one calling, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So if you look at John the Baptist, you're going to learn that he probably needed to go on like HGTV and get one of those uh, real estate people to pick him a house because he, really, he wasn't good at it. He picked the desert he picked way out there by the dead sea and i've been there uh, uh i can't remember our direct path but i do think we went from i think we did go from jerusalem that day to the dead sea and and once you start hitting that desert it's like you know i like going out to south lake tahoe once a year we'll go out there and we'll take the 395 anyone taking that route it's beautiful through bishop and and um, you have to go to Shat's Bakery, right? Anyways, sorry I just said that. I'm hungry. And, and, and then you go, you know, Mo- but, but part of that drive is the Mojave Desert, and we go in July. It's hot, and it's awful, and it's long, and it's ugly. Maybe it's kind of like that, that drive out to Vegas. Not that any of you make that drive. <laughs> but, but this is where he's chosen to live, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, he, he's known as an odd fellow, a little bit eccentric. Why? The way he dresses, what he eats. And, and one of the things I learned is that um, actually a lot of insects you weren't allowed to eat according to the law. Praise God, I keep the law that way. Um, <laughs> but locust was one that you were good to go with, and that's really how he got his uh, protein. That's probably more information than you want to know. But one um, question when questioned, when people left Jerusalem went out there uh, to the desert and on the way to the Jordan, you know, he was questioned. And, and John chapter one, if you look at John chapter one, verse 23, it says, they asked him, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Finally, they said, well, then who the heck are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself, weirdo? No, they didn't say that. John replied in the words of Isaiah, the same exact words that we read earlier. He's quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse three. I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. So what I take of this is John the Baptist understands his marching orders. He understands why he was born and why he was on this earth and 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 that kind of leads to you know some questions for us and i may or may not address that there's a little cliffhanger there right but he understood he understood and and what's really interesting in my studies this week and it was brought to my attention that it, and it made sense because that that phrase kind of sounds a little weird in today's culture in 2024 but back in that culture that wouldn't be strange because let me read this to you it says the people would understand this in their culture. You see, when a king came into a province, a herald would precede him, proclaiming, get ready, the king is coming. This is this was normal. Get ready, the king is coming. And, and you know, praise God, we don't do that. Like I, I, you know, can you picture Pastor John just coming up here? Get ready, Pastor Rob's coming. The king is coming. <laughs> Weird. You would leave this church, and rightly so. Um, Now, I'll I'll give you a hint. I won't be here for a few weeks. And so, you know, if Pastor John wants to have Amy Gonzalez, the children's director, or Aaron Kamlin do it with his construction hat on, um, you know, they knock yourself out. But But we don't do that in our culture right the point is we don't do that in our culture but back then that was normal with someone with a big name and and prestigious and leader hey this person's coming so get back to john the baptist that's what he's born for his purpose was to say hey i am not great but there's one greater than me that's coming prepare the way the messiah is coming the lord is coming and that was his message matthew chapter 3 verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you could say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father? I tell you that out of these stones, God may, uh, can raise up children For Abraham the axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire I baptize you with water for repentance but after me comes one who is more powerful than I and whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire his winnowing fork in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up, and burning up the shaft in the unquenchable fire. He was what you call a hellfire brimstone preacher. Now we don't have those uh, probably much today. Maybe there's a few right around this scattered throughout the, the earth. But back in the days in the 60s and the 70s, maybe the early 80s, there was a form of preaching was kind of that hailfire, brimstone preaching. And the preacher would get up and he'd talk about the sin and, and how devastating and destructive. And if you don't turn, you'll burn. And, you know, he was footing the fear of the Lord in you and scaring you into heaven and scaring you into, and who's going to come forward? And you had the invitations and all that kind of stuff. John the Baptist, that's what he believed he was. I mean, he believed that's who Jesus wanted him to be because people were sinners and they needed to know that, especially those Pharisees and Sadducees. And I want you to hang on to that because that has a lot to do with this message today. You see, he had not met Jesus, but this is what he believed he was all about. And he believed he was preaching just what Jesus would want him to preach. Perhaps his preconceived feelings as to who Jesus was was a little bit incomplete, maybe a little bit off and i want to stop there and just be real with you and ask you could that be true of you could that be true of me like whoa, 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 what are you talking about pastor well what i'm talking about is we're looking at john the baptist before christ quote unquote and i'm not picking on john at all we're just reading everything that he did and he was he was called out for a purpose and so whatever he read in Isaiah, whatever his parents were teaching him, whatever culture was teaching him, whatever conversations he was having of God, this is, he was believing he was living it out correctly. And then I would pause and stop and ask you, where did you get your information about Jesus? Oh, my grandma. She used to bounce me on her, her knee and talk to me about Jesus. Or... There was these guys on bikes. They had white dress shirts and a tie. <laughs> they were really young. And they would sit there in the living room with my parents. And I was off in my room, but I would listen. And I'd hear what they'd say about Jesus. Or, you know, I was born in the late 60s. And so I was about eight or nine when that movie, Old oh God, came out. My picture of God is George Burns. Because in that movie, that's who he was, and he was smoking a big stogie. Maybe I was born a little bit later, and it's Evan Almighty, uh, Evan Almighty right? <laughs> was that, Fre- George, uh, who was that that played that? Morgan Freeman, right? And it's like, oh, that's who God. You know, I, I read this Life magazine thing. I, I heard this at school. I, I used to go to my, my best friend's family, and this is what they did. And uh, we have our picture. Jesus comes from a variety of different places, Amen. And can we agree on this, that some of maybe what we have heard and been taught is good, but maybe some of what we've been taught and heard is not so true. And it's not really for me to say what's true and what's not. I mean, I will do my best to give my perception, but here's where I land. And with our theme this year, Jesus period, and one of the goals is that you would know him more. This is what I'm getting at. I love that you've had this impact from all sorts of different places, but who is Jesus really? Who is Jesus really? And for some of us, that's gonna completely change our perception of who Jesus is when we actually read the Bible and see who he is and don't go off of what everybody else says he is. And I'm including myself in that as one of the people that speaks into your life because here's the issue. I grew up in the Catholic church as a child. And and, and again, if you've ever heard me talk about it, I'm not picking on the Catholic church, I'm picking on my experience. And I was, my perception of who Jesus was is literally almost what John the Baptist is doing here. I was taught that he did not want me to sin and that he was watching every move. And if I moved the wrong way, he was going to zap me. And instead of having a respectful fear for God, I just had a fear of God. And so if I wasn't going to match up to what God wanted me to be, then I was just going to walk away and let's not engage because I've already screwed up enough. Does that make sense? And so why would I engage in a relationship with someone that doesn't want me? He just thinks I do everything wrong and everything bad. And so for so many years, my perception, and then i go in the Mormon church just for a little period of time as a teenager with my family and stuff, and it was there's so much good in there about family, but man, their perception of how they interpret Scripture, in my opinion, of who Jesus is, is way off. But see, I'm getting all these voices and pictures without ever having read it myself. So yes, I want you to believe me. I want you to believe that I'm teaching God's word and painting a picture of who Jesus really is to the best of my ability. But I am limited in the flesh. I'm limited in what I understand. I'm limited in my relationship with him. And again, I'm gonna do my best to give you the best information, but the best thing I could tell you is you go meet him. You go hang out with Jesus. And some of us need to get some of our preconceived thoughts about who he is and however it got there. We need to shed those and adopt the truth of who Jesus is. And I'll tell you this, he loves you. As jacked up as you think you are, as screwed up as you think you are, as much as you feel like you've missed my... Or the opposite, as good as you think you are. Come on. As good as some of us think we are. He still loves us. And his grace is sufficient for us. And I want to apologize for all those bad experiences and those misconceptions of who Jesus is in your life. But you know what? You're big boys and big girls. Pull up your bootstraps and go take a walk with him. Get to know him. And he just might surprise you. Skip. Kitzig, is that right? That's a book right there that I love. Jesus Up Close, it's real simple. John was taking his cues about Jesus from the written word. He had not yet met the living word. You sing about him, you talk about him, you hear about him, but have you encountered him? I love this. He was taking his cues from the written word. That's all he had. But I'm going to suggest he got surprised by the living word. Just to finish that thought about preconceived notions or thoughts or... um, A couple years ago, a member from our church has a really unique job, a very unique job, pretty cool. Uh, He got hooked up with a guy that's got a lot of money. And instead of wasting it, well, some of you would say this. You know. uh, he, he put it with his passion, and he loves Disneyland. So he's got this house. Uh, I think it's Playa del Rey, and, and I think he calls it Danland. And so he's got the, the living part. And I don't know if it's three stories or what, but I know the very bottom story is all dedicated to Danland. And he, he has literally, I, I didn't tell this the first service, but um, I'll tell you, he has literally turned it into a mini Disneyland. And because he doesn't charge anything, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And I kid you not. So I'll explain it. And so uh, some of the staff went the first year, and uh, he got some friends from the church here and some friends of mine, and we went this year. And having, having gone the first time with him trying to explain it to me, I had zero clue. Like, the way he explained it and the way it was was not even close, which I liked. And then me having experienced once, then telling my friends what it's like, like, I missed it. Are you with me? And like, literally, he has his own tiki room. And it's just like the Disneyland one on a miniature. He's even got the Dole Whip machines. I'm not even kidding. He's got Country Bear Jamboree Show with the real figures and you sit there, and it's got six seats, and you watch the whole show. You're on Flying California, you're on the Star Wars thing, you're at it's a small world. It is unbelievable, this place. But my preconceived notion was one thing, but then when I experienced it, it went to an entirely different level. Do you understand what I'm communicating? We could help have people tell us about Jesus, we can read about Jesus, but until we experience it, until we experience him, there's nothing like it. Amen? It's quiet. Remember how we started the message? Do you like surprises? Well, like I said, John's going to get surprised. If you read Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. You don't need to be baptized by me. Jesus replied, Let it, it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. I like that. <laughs> there had to be something in his voice and in his presence, like, All right. As soon as. As Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. You see, Jesus leaves... He's, the Bible says he's coming from Galilee, and, most, and he's going to come through, through that desert, and he comes to the Jordan. The Jordan is a dirty, scummy river. It'd be like going hanging out at the LA River. All right? I've been to the Jordan. People love to go to Israel and get rebaptized in the Jordan. I wasn't going to stick my foot in that water. I always get whatever disease is out there, so I ain't doing this thing. But knock yourself out, you know? It's like, you can't even see your hand one inch under that water. It's dirty, gross water. I know, sorry for some of you like, I always want to go to Israel and get back. Go, knock yourself out. Um, but, but Jesus makes his way. And what's cool about this, and I want you to picture this, is Jesus comes to John the Baptist. He didn't, he didn't from Galilee say, hey, I'm going to send a message over to John the Baptist. You come on over to me and we have to talk. Jesus goes all the way through that desert to the Jordan River to the muddy water, and he comes right alongside John the Baptist. And now there's this encounter. John the Baptist is baptizing people, just, you know, forgiveness of sins. Repent. Ah, scaring them, right? And Jesus like, hey, John. I don't know if it was that casual and cool. <laughs> what up, man? No, no, that's not you. But, but, you know, I could, it'd be like, right? Hey. John I want you to baptize me what yeah I want you I want you to baptize me no no you need to be baptizing me no 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 no. and what's cool about this is Jesus again he he got in the dirty water with the dirty people did you catch that because John is baptizing sinners Jesus isn't above the sinners. He's alongside the sinners. And that's what this Bible talks about. He, today in 2024, yes, he's perfect. Yes, he can walk on water. Yes, he turned water into wine. Yes, he did all those things. But yes, he stands right next to us. He's not up in heaven looking down at us, zapping us and waiting for us to do something wrong. He came here on the earth in the flesh, God in the flesh, so that we could see that this man was tempted in every way but was without sin. We could see this man had people in his life that irritated the heck out of him, but he still loved them. He came alongside people that nobody else would talk to. Kids, sinners like lepers, women, And Jesus broke all those barriers. Because Jesus comes to not stand over the sinner, but come alongside the sinner. And that's the same today. And there's so many out in the world, and maybe even here, or listening online, that they they, they didn't know that. They didn't know about this grace that is sufficient for all of us. Amen? And so this is what is happening. I love this picture of the two of them standing in this water. So what I am saying is he had read about him. He had heard about him. He talked about him. He even represented him. But this encounter with Jesus in the water would change him. And I believe an encounter with Jesus for us will change us too. Not because just grandma told you, which is awesome that grandma told you about Jesus, or your Sunday school teacher, or the person down the street, or your best friend's parents, but that you had an encounter with Jesus. And I love this also, because when you read this, it says that a dove, right, at the end of it, says a dove a lightning on him came down from heaven onto Jesus. This is significant. And I I could be wrong on this. I'm just going to call that out. I could be wrong on this, but I think this is a beautiful picture. You see, in the the Jews' mindset, a dove is significant. And and, and so they had to do these sacrifices, these animal sacrifices every, every year at the temple. And the rich people, they would bring bulls as part of their sacrifice. But the poor people that barely could put, put, rub, rub a few coins together, they would get a dub because they were the cheapest animal to purchase for a sacrifice. And so I find it ironic that it's a dove that descends from heaven upon Jesus and he's standing in the muddy water amongst John the Baptist and all these sinners. And for me, what that says to me is that dove represents that Jesus is for all and will die for all and will raise for all. Rich or poor, Jesus, grace is for all. Then John chapter 1, 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the lion that's going to devour us. He's a coming. That might have been his message before meeting Jesus. But look what he says. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, he went from seeing Jesus as a lion who would pounce on its prey Now he sees Jesus as a lamb, a sacrifice for all their sin. So as we close today, what can we learn? Number one, meeting Jesus may surprise you. Actually, meeting the real Jesus may surprise you. Just like I believe it surprised and changed John John the Baptist. You've heard his name, you've seen his name, you've sung his name, you've read his name. But have you encountered the love of Jesus Christ? I want to tell you about something that's going to be happening in my life, and I'm going to ask the elders to be praying. Um, But this Thursday, I'm getting on a plane. I fly to Honolulu Thursday, land in the afternoon, then that night I get on a midnight plane to Samoa. And if you've been around West Valley long enough, we've had a long history with Samoa, about 20 years. Uh, this, I think it's like my 10th or 11th time out there. But I'm going by myself. This is the first time I've gone by myself in preparation for a lot of different things. But one is I'll be meeting a pastor and uh, his wife that are both ministering at a church in Honolulu, Kamiki Christian. They're already there. And so I'll get off, I'll land about Saturday, Uh, time changes and stuff. I'm going to preach at a church now on Sunday. So next Sunday, be praying for me. Actually, probably Saturday will be Sunday. Anyways, God knows all that stuff. Um, And then Monday and Tuesday, I'll be at a hotel and I'm going to be uh, doing a pastor's conference with one other pastor for about 50 pastors. And then the lady that uh, the other pastor, his wife, is going to be teaching the pastor's wives. And in, in w- if you look up Samoa, you're gonna find out that uh, it's a Christian country, really. And when I started going there, I'd be like, we'd go there 20 years ago. Like, everyone goes to church. They do. But what I learned quickly is just because they go to church doesn't mean they know Jesus. They culturally go to church. And actually, that's changed a lot here in the last five years. I haven't been since the pandemic, so I haven't been for like three years. But even in then, I, that, that, that island... And the South Pacific has flipped over in 20 years, in some ways good, in some ways bad. But here's the thing, why we keep sending medical teams and vacation Bible school teams and sports teams out there is because what we learned is um, that they need to hear about what a relationship with Christ is. And it's been, ch- like, here's what's really crazy. I, I, for the first years, we used to go to Malua Bible College. And so, you know, you got hundreds of pastors or potential pastors that are going to Bible College, and we'd be doing all kinds of stuff there. But then I'd go teach in the class. And then afterwards at night, you'd go around, and you'd see these guys, and they're all drinking and smoking. And I always thought that was weird. And, um, and these are the future pastors. And then I come to find out that within the Samoan culture, the hierarchy of villages is you've got the, the, the chief and he's in charge of the whole village. And it could be you know, 500 people, it could be 100 people, different size villages. But the second in command in the village that has the most power and makes the second most money is the five fial, And the five are the pastors. And what I learned quickly is the motivation to be a pastor was not so you could teach people about Jesus, the motivation was power and money. And that made sense once, you know. And so part of my reasoning for always going and and doing like this pastor's conference is I just want to keep sharing this idea of, guys, do you know Jesus? And and, and that's the most important thing. And then are you teaching your people in the village that? So will you be praying for me on that? But I don't have to get on a plane and go 11 hours to say that to us here. Because we could fall into the same thing. We could get used to sitting in purple chairs Do you know Jesus? Do I know Jesus? The second thing that happened with John the Baptist is meaning Jesus will change you. It changed his ministry, it changed how he did life, it changed his verbiage. And my question to you is Has Jesus changed your life? And the reality is, it's not like, yeah, he changed it, but is he still changing it? I got a lot of work still left. Can I hear an amen? You got a lot of work. Can I hear an amen? None of us have arrived, but we're just growing and seeing what God wants. And lastly, what happened for John is meeting Jesus will direct you. And the same is for us. One of the biggest things that people come in my office is, um, what's what's my purpose? I could speak into people's lives, but I may be wrong. But the best thing is you hang out with Jesus and he'll tell you. He'll tell you. He may not tell you in the timeline that you want, and he may not tell you what you want. Like, here's the truth. I don't want to get on the plane on Thursday. Dead serious. I have to tell you there's a lot of reasons why, um, but I don't want to get on the plane, but I believe the Lord wants me to. And so I'm going to do it. And that's why I'm going to be begging you for your prayers. And we're going to have the elders come up here in just a second and pray. When you walk with Jesus, he's going to let you know, and he's going to guide you. I didn't want to be lead pastor. I had no desire and still have no desire. I know that might ruin some of you. and go, oh, 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 but I hope it brings actually comfort to you to know that I'm just doing what I believe God wants me to do, for, for today at least. I don't always do what God wants me to do. I want you to hear that too. Isn't it cool to see the Baptist life, kind of who he was before Christ? And then the encounter with Christ. Well, I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life with that. Elders, any elders that are here, if you could come and pray. And as they're coming up, can you give them a hand? Um, Our elders are in the background. But these are the overseers of the church. Uh, These are my bosses, but I don't look at them as bosses because they're, I feel like Moses sometimes, they're Aaron and her holding my arms up. We meet every uh, month and like today after services, we'll meet. But these guys love you. They sacrifice for you. And I'm going to ask if if two of you guys um, could pray for me, that would be wonderful. And would you bow your heads and pray selfishly, I'm just being selfish, that you would pray for me and what's going to happen here soon.
0: Lord, thank you for this opportunity. We pray for Rob. Um, we pray for safe travel and health and all those sorts of things. Get home safe and Lord, we pray for impact. We pray for the the ears that he will be presenting to. We pray for the people that those people would be presenting to Lord that uh, that they can well that they can cause their congregations and and them to <clears throat> to move to such a way that that it's not being called a Christian because of what they do on Sunday but being called a Christ follower because of what they do all week long, Lord. That they move to a way of, uh, of living is to, to try and be like you, Lord. To try and live a life of life change, Lord. Trying to be more like you tomorrow than they were today. And we pray that that be the impact of, of this trip, Lord. We pray for Rob's words. We pray for, <clears throat> we just pray for success for this trip, Lord. We pray this in Jesus'
2: name. Your heavenly father is continuing prayer and uh lord i would just ask that as pastor rob uh, begins this journey uh as he's already shared that <laughs> he does not want to go uh it's real easy to get comfortable and uh thinking you're doing the right thing but he's been uh challenged he's been challenged by the holy spirit to uh to be there in samoa and there's uh, so many things that he could can be attacked on is uh, uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Uh, Lord, I just ask that He uh, uh, does what He needs to do. That uh, You are there with Him, giving him strength and guidance, and uh, what He says and what He does, Lord. And uh, we will give You all the glory for the good things that happen uh, on this trip, Lord. We give You all the glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey,
1: thank you, everybody, and keep praying for that. And then here's what I want to leave you with. Let Jesus surprise you. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org, or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.
2: and Your mercies and Your love that You've always shown me You forget all my rebellion